Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the podcast with me today as we are going to go over the March 30th, 2020 edition of Monday Night Raw from Orlando, Florida in the WWE PC. This show, if anything, opened up a lot of hope for WrestleMania coming up this weekend, and it really did get you motivated to the point where you would like to hopefully see a good product on Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Now, I'm optimistic. I've always been, WWE has been my my home forever, and I honestly love pro wrestling as a whole. The promo work done today was absolutely outstanding, top to bottom. From Paul Heyman, Kevin Owens, The Undertaker, Becky Lynch, Edge. Like, these guys cut tremendous promos tonight. And it really needs to be a ongoing thing in the future for this business. Because Raw, SmackDown is losing life. AEW is destroying NXT in the ratings as of recently. Because of broken Matt Hardy. And I really think that they need to keep this format from now on. But thank you for joining me. This is Between the Buckles. I am Dakota Hoffman. And we are going to preview this right. We are going to review this right now. Now, Raw opened with the recap. It was The Undertaker and AJ Styles. And they were just showing a... Highlights of some sort of what happened and led up to this Boneyard match taking place this weekend. Undertaker stood in front of a backdrop with smoke. Looked like smoke coming in from the air. As he looked like he was standing in some kind of a dark pit. Maybe the graveyard. But. Taker addressed Styles by his real name. Said that he has a big mouth for such a small guy. Saying how he was cashing checks that his ass he was his ass was cashing checks or his mouth was cashing checks that his ass can't cash um taker said styles thought that he could get the upper under his skin by dropping some pipe bombs taker said styles was content being a big fish in a small pond because he didn't have what it took to hang with every with the very best of the business had the to offer he was throwing names out like the rock Eddie Guerrero, Edge, Triple H. He was they were throwing he was throwing names out of legends back then. And he said, The phenomenal one, my ass, Taker said. You waited until they were all gone except for me. He said he understands Styles insulting him that it's just business. But he crossed the line when he mentioned her being Michelle McCool, the Undertaker's real life wife. Taker said Styles is just mad that McCool performed the Styles Clash better than he does. He got it over. Try me, kid, and I'll make you famous, said The Undertaker. He added that he hopes Styles brings those two ass clowns, being Gallows and Anderson, with him. He said Styles will feel the pain. He will get hurt. He will suffer. He will rest in peace. As Taker's music played and the camera pulled back to show Styles' tombstone already written behind The Undertaker. 
Um, my thoughts? Excellent promo. The Undertaker returning with this badass, big evil, American badass type of attitude and gimmick fits him to the T. And we really do need to take into consideration that The Undertaker will always be remembered and will always be in our hearts the greatest, if not one of the, if not the greatest wrestlers of all time. And his Deadman character, it was epic, but not for right now. Like right now, the Deadman character wouldn't work in this situation. So I'm loving what they're doing with The Undertaker. They really need to keep it going with The Undertaker as the American badass, and we'll see what happens on Saturday and Sunday, or Sunday, whatever day they actually end up going against each other. So, afterwards, Becky Lynch comes out to the stage and says that she had to beat Charlotte Rousey in WrestleMania for both titles. Her stakes couldn't have been higher. And then they showed a complete rerun of WrestleMania 35 main event for the Raw Women's Championship and the SmackDown Women's Championship, where, of course, Becky Lynch did defeat both of those women to have the phrase Becky Two Belts. So, that was it. They basically just showed that. Okay, so at the Performance Center, Lynch said that it was the first time she has ever watched that back. She said a lot of people have tried to take the title from her since then. She said Baszler is a killer who wiped out an entire division and wants to destroy her by taking the title from her. Lynch said she's right in that she doesn't know who she is if she's not the champion. Lynch said Baszler will come in fighting with emotion just like everyone else and she'll hope to do what her pal Rousey couldn't do, Lynch said Baszler. Baszler couldn't steal Rousey's spotlight instead of the other way around for once. Or you lose and get put back in Ronda's shadow, Lynch said. So she recalled Baszler talking about being destroyed by a potential loss and questioned whether she was talking about Lynch or if she was talking about herself being that she would be back in Ronda's shadow. And Ronda did so many more things than Shayna Baszler did in the UFC as becoming one of the best UFC fighters of all time in the women's division. So I like how they're bringing a little bit of realty and a bit, a little bit of realism into Becky Lynch's promo. But suddenly, Baszler appears behind Lynch, puts in the Kirifuda clutch from behind. Baszler eventually releases the hold, but then she puts Becky Lynch in a kind of like a powerbomb type hold and slammed her off of the side of the announce table. Looked absolutely brutal. Looked brutal. It looked deadly. Next, we had Alistair Black versus Jason Cade. Uh, Black put away Cade quickly with a black mask kick. That was about it. I mean, Cade did get a Insiguri during this match. It was the only offense he had. And Alistair Black defeated him in 48 seconds 
I'm not excited for Bobby Lashley versus Alistair Black. I don't even know why it's happening. They did no build building up to this. So we really do need to focus on getting Alistair Black into some more competition. Uh, I get Andrade is hurt, but we could have easily had Andrade versus Alistair Black for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. I feel like that would have fit this situation a little more. Instead, they try giving a push to Bobby Lashley, who doesn't deserve anything in WWE. Until they strip the Lana from him and revamp this guy's character, he is dead. Dead! Anyways. Next, we had Kevin Owens, Montez Ford, and, and Angelo Dawkins versus the Seth Rollins, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory from NXT. Owens was wearing a cool shirt. It was like a Kevin Owens Mania t-shirt. And it was interesting because it had Hogan versus Andre the Giant, but instead it said Kevin the Giant, and then he scratched out. It looked like there was red scratching out everything but the K and the O in Hulk Hogan. Creative shirt from Kevin Owens, but I was just throwing that out there. So Dawkins... Okay, so we started the match with... We are five days away in the ring, Ford with Isolated by a heel trio later... Rollins tagged into the match and taunted Owens while working over Dawkins. The heels worked on working again as Rowan's Owens was rolled up by Dawkins. Owens again was and rolled and was rolled up by Dawkins. Rollins came right back with a sling blade clothesline. Dawkins stuffed the super kick and punched Seth Rollins. Then made the hot tag to Owens. Rollins rushed to his corner, tagged in Garza. Owens performed a cannonball on Garza and then went up for a senton bomb. Owens had the pin, but Theory broke it up. Ford cleared Theory to the rings to ringside. Ford went to, for a flip, but dove. Theory moved, causing Ford to crash. It looked more like a box. I don't think he moved and intentionally made him. I think it I think that he legit missed. And it was a good sell by by theory to kind of throw his arms out as if he was shoving him away, but he definitely missed and he was out of position and that's what happens when you bring a young talent like Austin Theory who could be the future of this company. He's got the look, but he needs more in-ring action and more development. Anyways, so yeah, Ford went for a flip. Theory moved, like I said, causing Ford to crash and burn. In the ring, Owens hits a stunner on Garza. Pinned Garza. That was it. After the match, Rollins entered the ring and performed the stomp immediately on Owens. Rollins left, turned, looked at Owens, and then headed up the ramp. That was it. Um, My thoughts? It was... Good, very good match. It was a solid match from all six guys, which I expected. 
Angel Garza is phenomenal. Um, I really think that he's going to be a star. Eddie Guerrero-like attitude, and I love it. Um, I also think that we are kind of taking away from how good Austin Theory really is. If you watch NXT, which I do, Austin Theory just beat Tyler Breeze. And it was a very good match. But Austin Theory is very, 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 very much could be the the future of this company. And he has the look. He has the John Cena build back in 2006 when John Cena debuted. He has the build. Uh, He has a John Cena build with a Shawn Michaels type in-ring ability. And he, he could be the future of this company. Saxon ended up hyping Brock Lesnar's appearance for later on in the show. Then they showed a sneak peek of the Big Show show on Netflix. And then they went back to the ring. Owens remained seated, kind of on the ropes. And he was been thinking a lot what Rollins said last week. Owens recalled Rollins saying that the Performance Center was built because of him and built on his back. Owens said he's actually heard otherwise and that the building was built in spite of Rollins. He said Rollins was a nightmare to deal with because he thought he knew everything and that he thought he was better than everyone else. Owen said Rollins had proven everyone right who said that he was an arrogant dipshit. Owen said he well he's well aware of his own past, but the difference between him and Rollins is that he is not delusional. Owens recalled Rollins claiming that he is a god when it comes to WrestleMania, whereas Owens has been a disappointment. Owens said those words stayed with him and they stung. Owens spoke about his own accomplishments and noted that he was a universal champion before Rollins. Once Owens said he didn't accomplish it all by his own because he had someone watching his back in one way or another. Owens said the same was true for Rollins, who had backup and found an underhand every way he got for whatever he wanted. Owen said Rollins needs to be honest with himself. Because the only thing he said last week. That actually made sense. Is when he was told that his past no longer mattered. When he w- arrived in WWE. Owen said that will never be more true. When they meet at WrestleMania on Saturday. So it is confirmed. Saturday. Owens. Rollins. It's going to be on Saturday not Sunday. Owen said their past won't matter. Owens got his to his feet. Said they will finally meet one-on-one. Owen said he will prove that Rollins isn't a messiah or a god. And he will take his first WrestleMania moment from him. Because this Saturday, and I quote, I will be the one to burn it down. And then Byron Saxon started hyping Edge, making an appearance later on tonight. Uh, Excellent promo from... Excellent promo from Kevin Owens. He, You can hear it's from the heart. You can hear he has a serious attitude that he wants to get a point across. And I think this was phenomenal. He did everything you're supposed to do in a promo. When you build a promo, you're supposed to build somebody up just to tear them back down. And he did a beautiful job in that, saying that Rollins did accomplish everything building up how great Rollins really is, and then literally just putting him right back down the size. It was an excellent promo. 
And like I said, Raw needs to continue with these promos because so far I haven't heard one that didn't sound genuine coming from the heart. They set up a video package and recapped Edge versus Randy Orton. Edge sat in a dark area backstage and signed and signed. Randy, you said that Adam Copeland is a junkie for Edge. You're probably right. Edge said it's not an ego thing. He loves the feeling that happens when the arena, when his music hits and the connection with the audience. Let's face it, man, we're all junkies for that, Edge said. Edge recalled sitting 11th row ringside at WrestleMania in Toronto for Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. Edge said he knew right then, if you're not a junkie for it, then you're just taking up space and you're in my way. Egg said he and Orton, who has different definitions of the word grit. He said Orton's grit is being handpicked for evolution and getting by on his family name. He spoke Orton's coasting on and off for at least the last 20 years, and being okay is good enough for him. He's okay with being okay, is what Egg's exact words were. Egg said his definition of grit is being the type of man who will reach down into that hole and pull someone out who just doesn't deserve it. Who refuses to be an evolution because he doesn't want to be someone's lackey. He also spoke about thinking every day for nine years about returning. Egg said he was mistaken about Orton. He explained that Orton isn't jealous of him. He's jealous of Egg's passion. The only time you have it is when I'm around, Egg said. He's said everyone is talking about how this is the best Orton has ever been, and the last time they spoke about it was nine years ago. Great line from Edge. Edge said Orton is a junkie for the way that he makes him feel. He said the voices in Orton's head told him to make a horrible mistake, and he listened. Edge said Orton almost made him believe that returning to the Rumble was enough closure for him, but then he mentioned Edge's wife and uttered the names of his daughters, and he put his hands on Beth Phoenix. You pulled me back in, Egg said. He spoke about being through the flaming table just to grab that torch from Mick Foley. He said Orton dug himself in a hole, but this time he ain't pulling him back out. I'm going to push you so far in, you will never get back out. As that was the end of Egg's promo. Phillips hyped Oscar, who was going to be after the break. It was a good promo. Fantastic promo from Egg. Got to the point. He mentioned everything. He put some realism in it, saying how Orton has never been this good. He's only good when he's around. Great stuff from Edge. I, they need to keep these promos. It's it's a beautiful thing right now, and WWE could benefit extremely well. Next, we had Oscar versus Caden Car Caden Caden Carter from NXT. Asuka, before the match, was yelling in Japanese, said, who are you? Laughed. The bell rang. Carter immediately performed a drop kick. Asuka came back quickly with her hip attack, where she kind of like throws her ass into her. Carter rolled up Asuka for a two count, then drop kicked her from the ropes for another two count. Asuka blocked the kick and applied an ankle lock, delivered a German suplex. Asuka threw a kick to the back of Carter's head, then applied the Asuka lock. For the win. Afterwards, Oscar took the headset from the broadcast table and started to yell into it. It was another squash match. Um, they did confirm that Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross for the WWE 
Women's Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. That match was happening. And it was a 1 minute and 15 second match. And it was just like, it was just like them doing Alistair Black. It's just, this had a little bit more offense from, from Caden Carter. Then they replayed the whole Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio. No holds barred match for the WWE Championship. Great match. The double 619 from Dominic and Mysterio to the double frog splashes. That was one of my favorite matches of all time at at Survivor Series. It was a great, great thing to see. Okay, the final segment had Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar in the ring. Heyman introduced in the both and said he hates to be the one to pull back the curtain from this industry. He said it's a final segment on Raw heading into WrestleMania and called it the most unique WrestleMania of our lifetime. He said it's not just because it's just too big for one night, which I heard that 6,000 times in this episode. He said we are living in the most unique time in our lives together, Heyman said. It's a go-home segment on the go-home Raw to WrestleMania. He recalled the person involved in the segment is more often than not Brock Lesnar. Heyman asked why was that? He said that explained that it's because Lesnar is usually a beast to slay. He's the conqueror to conquer. Heyman said Drew McIntyre was truly stepped up. Heyman said, much respect to you, sir. And that he is special compared to the guy on the street or the dumbass in the gym who thinks he can do, who says, I can do that WWE stuff. Heyman said, no, you can't. McIntyre is special compared to what he feels is the most extraordinary roster in the history of this industry. Heyman said The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Randy Couture, Shane Carwin, John Cena, The Undertaker, they were all special. Heyman said they were icons who stood above the other icons, and at the end of the day, they ended up not so goddamn special, and they bleeped goddamn on TV. But just Brock's bitch. Heyman said McIntyre doesn't have a market or promote just how special the Claymore kick is. Heyman ran through the finishers. Some of the legends he mentioned said none of them worked when those legends were in the ring with Lesnar. Heyman said now that Lesnar knows what a Claymore kick is, when he, what the Claymore kick is coming, he either is going to come up with a strategy to avoid it, or he will take one, and then we'll find out whether it will take him down. Heyman said he had more than a spoiler or a prediction. It's an absolute guarantee. Heyman said that the on the go-home show of next year, Lesnar would be standing in the ring with the belt over his shoulder. Heyman said he'd recalled that McIntyre came up short when he faced Lesnar at WrestleMania in 2020. Heyman said McIntyre will walk in special and will walk out just like everyone else did. Nothing more than Brock's bitch. That is a fantastic promo. Such a good promo. And Paul Heyman will deliver the best of the best promos. No doubt about it. And it was awesome. It was fantastic. He mentioned all the greats. He mentioned how they all stood up. And when when Brock Lesnar went up against The Rock for that championship, the very first time, Lesnar beat him. He was the next big thing, and he still is. And I, I want to see McIntyre get his moment, but I don't think it's going to happen this weekend. There's no fans, so there's no life in the stadium. I mean, in the uh, performance center. 
So save it for a SummerSlam with 80,000 strong and let that moment be McIntyre's to just take because this ma- this match is going to be very good. I have a feeling it's going to be a great match, but it needs an audience. And that that's just it. It needs an audience for the huge applause that McIntyre gets. But until you get that audience, until you can get the, the same feeling of some way, then keep McIntyre as a challenger and not the champion. There's no reason Lesnar needs to drop this title come WrestleMania. Great show. I give it a solid B+. Um, in-ring action wasn't great. Two squash matches and a good six-man tag match. But I really think that they need to keep this promo thing going. I'll say it again. The no crowd feel with these promos makes the promo just that more good and that more strong and heartfelt. But we are going to see on WrestleMania stacked card, in my honest opinion. There's some really good matches. Some matches that just don't make sense. Bobby Lashley and Aleister Black don't make sense. If anybody can come up with any reason on why, let me know. But it just doesn't make sense. And I'm excited for WrestleMania this weekend. So that has been it for my podcast today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it is at Dakota H8088. And if you want to follow me and listen to my other podcasts I have on Anchor and I also have on Spotify, please go ahead and listen to those as well and keep this community growing. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back here possibly tomorrow to do a news update for you guys before NXT and AEW. And then, of course, on Wednesday night or Thursday morning, I will have the AEW and NXT reviews. But that has been it for me. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, it's all fun and games on any other podcast. But this is the only podcast where we go between the buckles. Thank you for listening.